everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pillisoff, and I'm your host. I'm the founder of Divorced Girl Smiling, the company that connects people facing divorce with trusted, vetted divorce professionals. We're also a podcast, a website, a mobile app, and I offer the free consult. Before we get started, I want to take a minute and recommend divorce attorney Christine Diorio. Christine is a former state prosecutor and public defender who is now a divorce attorney and an estate planning attorney in Tampa, Florida. Christine is wonderful. She has so much courtroom experience, including dozens of jury trials. But the thing about Christine is that because she respects and understands the emotional journey of divorce, and by the way, she also went through a divorce, Christine is very dedicated to helping her clients divorce in a peaceful, amicable way. She encourages her clients to become empowered through the process, and her goal for every client is to thrive in their post-divorce life. So if you want to learn more about Christine, you can find her in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling or at ChristineDiorio.com. Today, we are going to talk about emotional abuse. And for people listening, tell me if this scenario sounds familiar. You feel like you are not being respected. You're not being talked to the way you should. It feels abusive, but then certain people, including your spouse or maybe your parents or your sister or your friends say, oh, you're just being dramatic. Come on, don't be so sensitive. And these kinds of response really bug me. They make me really angry because emotional abuse is real. And it is a serious thing. There's no visible bruises, but it's kind of like being abused, just as if you were a victim of another kind of abuse. So to talk about emotional abuse with me and to talk about signs, what it really is, what you can do if you think you might be a victim what actions you can take. I have a great guest. Her name is Brittany Baker. And Brittany is a therapist and the founder of Nick's Baker Wellness and Therapy on Chicago's North Shore. But she also sees clients virtually in Texas, Kansas. And now Brittany, I can't remember the other state. Well, all of greater Illinois, right? And Arkansas. And Arkansas. Okay. So welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, I want to tell my listeners a little bit more about you so that they know you have the credibility to speak on this. So Brittany is an LCSW. She is an integrative therapist with over 10 years of experience. She uses different modalities to create individualized treatment plans for each client, very personalized Brittany's specialties are people struggling with anxiety, depression, ADHD, traumatic events, life transition, obviously divorce, substance misuse or abuse, parenting issues and relationship challenges. And a lot of these things include emotional abuse. So Brittany, just to start off, what is emotional abuse? How do you define it? 
Yeah. So I would say that emotional abuse is like when one individual in really any kind of relationship, it doesn't have to just be an intimate relationship, um, tries to exert some sort of control or is trying to create fear or trying to isolate another um, through behaviors that are going to belittle the other person, criticize the other person, humiliate or manipulate the other person. Um, so it's like really using emotions about the relationship or other people or themselves against another individual. Why do people do this? What What's behind it? I mean, there, there can be lots of reasons, right? Um, but one thing that we think about is that, you know, the perpetrator is kind of how else I'll say it for, for ease is trying to gain control in a situation or gain power in a situation. Um, I feel like in, in classic examples, the perpetrator is someone who typically feels very out of control or feels like they need to have this power and this is how they obtain it over another person. So emotional abuse can be things like threatening, yelling, name calling, gaslighting, invalidating feelings or thoughts, acting jealous anything i'm missing um i mean i feel like it's a little bit more subtle but i feel like sometimes the martyrism or martyr martyrdom can be um emotional abuse um i think humiliating someone in front of their their friends or their loved ones can be emotional abuse or it's you know threatening, but not threatening in the sense of like, oh, I'm going to hurt you, but threatening in the sense of like, I'm going to hurt myself if you do X, Y, and Z. And, and if you loved me, then you would do this, right? Now, I bet this comes up in a lot of divorce when like, let's say a woman wants to leave and her husband's like, how can you do this to me? I will die without you. You have no idea. I'll end up killing myself. I can't live without you. You can't do this to our family. This is going to be all on you if something happens. That's emotional abuse. That's right. That's right. And and it leaves, I mean, it's traumatic for the, for the survivor, right? I'm going to use survivor instead of victim because nowadays and whenever we talk about like intimate partner violence or things like that, we like to use the more empowering word like survivor. Um, but for the survivor of the abuse, um, it can be extremely, extremely traumatic um, because you start feeling stuck, right? Or you start questioning yourself, like you lack, um, you start lacking self-confidence, right? Um, you start thinking you're crazy or, or not thinking correctly. And you feel like maybe, wait a minute, you're second guessing your decisions. You used to be right. really confident. You used to make a decision and stick with it. Now you're like, not sure. Why do you think people don't even realize that it's emotional abuse? They don't think of it at this way. Well, and and I think that, um, again, that can happen for many reasons, right? Sometimes it's what they've experienced in their own lives or it happened in relationships that were modeled for them, like between their parents, right? Um, or they're like, well, I love this person. How could they hurt me, right? Or why would they say that? And and they there's this trust, whether that's right or wrong, and that this person wouldn't do these things, wouldn't hurt you. And so they, um, it's hard to believe that that would happen, right? And that's kind of part of the cycle is the gaslighting and then, you know, you thinking that you're wrong and then more gaslighting. And then also you mentioned at the beginning, right? That, um, if you're hearing from your loved ones that, well, no, it can't be that bad. Oh, they're so kind or they're so charming or, oh, they provide for you. 
um, those things can make it hard to see out, you know, to see what's really happening. And a lot of people will say, well, what do you mean you're being abused? Is he hitting you? No. Has he punched you in the face? No. Has he pushed you? No. Well, that's then how can that be abuse? And it's really, really sad because emotional abuse is real. Yes, absolutely. Well, and like I said, I feel like many people have like maybe experienced this in other relationships or saw it modeled for them. And they're like, oh, this is just how things are. Um, and so maybe they don't have the best boundaries or, you know, they didn't have a good model um, for what a relationship should look like. Or like I said, even as adults, sometimes we will experience this in our parental relationships. Um, and we just think like, well, it's whatever. I, I, this is what I deal with and it's fine, but it's not fine. It's always been this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with Jackie Pilisoff. I'm here with therapist Brittany Baker. And Brittany and I are talking about emotional abuse. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some signs that you might be a victim of emotional abuse, like specific things and what actions you can take if you think that you're a victim. We will be right back. I want to introduce one of my newest Divorced Girl Smiling Trusted Professionals. His name is Dr. Jeremy Warner, and Dr. Warner is the founder of his practice, Warner Institute, which is a beautiful surgery center and med spa on Chicago's North Shore. And I have known Dr. Warner for several years. I am a client of his, and he is wonderful, really trustworthy, and smart and experienced and compassionate and really dedicated to the profession. Dr. Warner offers facelifts, neck lifts, a lot of different med spa services, rhinoplasty, revision rhinoplasty, and his signature swift lift. And the reason Dr. Warner wanted to become a Divorce Girl Smiling Trusted Professional is because he sees a lot of women during and after divorce. So if you're interested in learning more, you can find Dr. Warner at warnerplasticsurgery.com or you can find him in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. I also want to mention a wonderful team of mediators, Ellen Feldman and Brian James of CEL and Associates, and I have known them for over a decade. They work together, so if you're thinking of mediating your divorce, you get Ellen and Brian in all of your sessions, and they are just so passionate about helping people get divorced for a lot less money in a shorter amount of time with really good divorce outcomes. And you can find them at celandassociates.com or again in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff and I'm your host. I'm talking about emotional abuse today. And I'm talking to therapist Brittany Baker, who has extensive experience working with people that include people struggling with anxiety, depression, ADHD, traumatic events, such as divorce, substance abuse, parenting issues, and relationships. So Brittany, if someone's listening to this and 
they're like, well, how do I know? You know, maybe I'm just being dramatic. Maybe I'm being overly sensitive. Let's get into some of these signs specific that you might be a victim of abuse. So the first one you wrote is decreased self-esteem and self-confidence. And I think we touched on this. Like if you used to be a really self-assured, self-confident person, you came from a really good family, you felt like you were just really, you had a lot of self-esteem. Now, all of a sudden you're doubting everything. That's a sign that it might be, you might be a survivor of emotional abuse. That's right. And one thing that I'll, I'll say about all of these points is that it becomes more of the norm, right? It becomes more days than not that you're experiencing these things. Um, you know, we all have issues with people in our lives and we say things that are unkind or unfair. Um, and so I'm not talking about these one-off situations that you can navigate and apologize for. I'm talking about this happening on a fairly regular basis. And again, the, the survivors experiencing, you know, the next things that we talk about more days than not. So really experiencing that self-esteem, the lack of self-esteem and decreased self-confidence, like as a kind of a way of living versus just today was a bad day. All right. I'm so glad you brought that up because I don't want people listening to think, you could have a great husband who messed up one time and was really mean to you. And then that was it. If it's an isolated incident, you're not being emotionally abused, right? You could be emotionally abused one or two times, but if it's happening, like Brittany said, on a regular basis, and what, what should we say that means more than five times in a month? What is the I mean, there aren't any like hard numbers, like in the research saying like, this is emotional abuse, right? But I think that like, if it happens one or two times, and you can have a constructive conversation about it, and you can see an effort in, in wanting to change and shift, right? I and I think that that's the main thing. Because if technically, I guess, if you're only being emotionally abused one or two times a month, but then that's happening 12 months of the year, well, that might be significant, right? And that's gone on for 15 years. That may be significant. What I just got from you is you'll know you're yeah. going tell you it's not a one-off. This is happening more and more. You know, he came home and he was really mean to me and it's happened five times in the last two months. You'll just kind of know, I think, if you don't already, when you're listening to this. Next sign is isolation from family and friends. So you find yourself not wanting to talk about your relationship with your friends or your family. You don't want to see them as much because you don't want to tell right. them how badly you're being treated. So you kind of just pull away. Yeah. Or the individual will kind of aid in some of that isolation, right? So they'll say, say things to you like, you know, your mom doesn't really love you anyways, right? Or, um, and, and remember, it's about that emotional content too. So it's like, oh, she doesn't really love you anyway. So I don't know why you spend time with her. Um, and kind of put implanting these ideas and planting these feelings that um, there's some sort of dis disruption in these relationships or like saying this about your friends, right? You know that she's a bad person and she doesn't um, care about you or she doesn't support our relationship or, you know, I heard her saying this about you, right? It's this hold over that person that's going to make you want to pull away from your other relationships. Or I don't like her and I don't want you being friends with her. She's a bad influence. She's a bad mother, whatever he's going to say about her. That's exactly right. 
All right, next one, being monitored in different ways or experiencing a loss of privacy. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that that's like, you know, checking your social media or checking your email. And, you know, it's one thing for my husband to pick up my phone and be like, oh, I'm going to Google something really quickly, right? It's another thing for him to be searching in my purse and every day or being like, well, I saw you on social media, who are you talking to, right? Or you need to share your location with me and do it in this specific way and be checking in with me. Um, it's, it's an extreme level. Next sign that you might be a victim of emotional abuse, being called names, being criticized, or talked poorly about to others. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, again, I would say that this is something that's happening like on a fairly regular basis, right? It is normal for couples, especially if you've been together and lived together and lived life together. Um, it's normal for couples or in any relationship to have a complaint, right? But if it's like, oh, you're stupid because you didn't do this, right? Or you never, you never take care of X, Y, and Z and you're so lazy, right? Or they're telling your friends this or they're telling your family these things. That is really kind of where it becomes like, oh, this, this feels less like relationship squabble and a little bit more um, on the abuse scale. And when your spouse jokes about you and makes fun of you in front of your friends, that mm -hmm. abuse, that should not be tolerated. You know, he might say, oh, I'm just kidding. You know, I love you, but he's belittling you in front of your friends and that's not acceptable if you don't like it. And most people don't. That's right. That's right. Next thing is he's he or she is threatening violence, suicide, separation, or telling other people about your behavior. Right. Right. And so, you know, typically is what happens is emotional abuse is going to start, you know, with small digs. And then over time, it'll escalate, especially if you guys start fighting. And, and this will happen too. I see sometimes in relationships where one of the partners is trying to set a boundary. And so then the abuse escalates because again, the emotional abuse is about obtaining control and power over the other person. And so the, the threats escalate. Like if you don't stop this, I'm going to hit you, or I'm going to take away all of your money, or I'm going to kill myself, or I'm going to divorce you, or I'm going to tell your mom about how um, much money you spend, right? Or I'm going to tell your friends and, and it, things will escalate um, if the perceived power and control is um, decreasing. And also they might say, I, I can't live without you. I'm, if you divorce me, I will kill myself. And then our kids won't have a father or something like that. Yeah. And so put it on you. And I want to tell my listeners that person, if they're saying that to you, needs to get help. That is not your burden to try to get somebody to not hurt themselves. No, it definitely, definitely is not. I, I tell clients, like, we have a circle of control and everything that we control goes inside the circle and everything we don't control goes outside of the circle. And long story short, the only thing that goes inside the circle is, like, me, myself, and I. My behaviors, my thoughts, my feelings you can influence other people, but you can't make that other person get help. You can't make that person not kill themselves. You can't make them do anything. Right. Let's talk about people who are passive aggressive. So passive aggressive to me means doing something that is really like vindictive or mean with a mm -hmm. smile on your face. 
so that the person doesn't even realize. So I was in a relationship with someone a while ago who is very passive aggressive. And so I know about this and it was kind of like, all right, I'll give you an example. He would ask me to go pick up his dry cleaning. Mm -hmm. Well, if you can't do it, I can get so-and-so to do it, which was another woman who I was always feeling threatened by the friendship. So like, well, do I want to take an hour out of my day? Cause it was kind of far to go do this for him. Or do I want this other woman going into his apartment and putting the dry cleaning in there and him saying, thank you so much. And them having a conversation. And I want to tell my listeners, I'm really disappointed in myself that I put up with that, but I was so desperate and the better choice to me was to go get the dry cleaning. And then looking back, I was like, screw this. That is so abusive. That is like passive aggressive tricking people into doing something that they want you to do. Right. Right. Well, and, and then that helps me think of a pretty, something that we'll hear sometimes in in therapy settings where it's like, you know, um, some, one of the partners or someone's eating something. And then someone will say, you know, like I, um, eating too many calories in a day will like make people make you fat. Right. Or, um, you know, you know, we should really be monitoring our health or do you want our kids eating those kinds of things? Um, and it's not, you know, it's not this aggressive, violent comment, but it's enough. That's like, it's shaming. Right. And, and invokes a lot of guilt and it's, um, manipulative. If someone did that to me, I would start crying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next one is This is a sign you might be a victim. If you start to feel depressed, a lot of anxiety or signs of post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Typically that's what's happening, right? Is that um, one of one, the victim or the survivor will go into therapy and be like, oh, I just feel so anxious. I can't hold things together. I'm feeling so down or my sleep is disrupted. I'm having panic attacks. I have really low self-esteem and I'm not performing well at work or at home or in any of these places. Um, And then whenever you start really thinking about their environment and like I'm a, I'm a systematic therapist. So I think about a person in their environment and like within these different systems, whenever you start conceptualizing people in that way, you start realizing like, Oh, like you have someone telling you that you're a terrible person or someone kind of threatening that if you don't behave in a certain way or feel a certain way that they're going to do something like and it makes sense why these symptoms are apparent and, and, and around. Wow. So I didn't even realize it. You could not, not even know you're being emotionally abused and it will come out in therapy because you're there for something else. All right. There's a couple more here. Constantly feeling like you are defending the aggressor to others. Right. And so this is kind of a, like a, a tricky situation because oftentimes the aggressor is going to be someone who is pretty charming and confident to the people um, in your environment, right? Like it's kind of a a mask or something that they, a facade that they put up so that they, people don't realize what's happening within the relationship. Typically though, what I find is that there's a, a parent or someone in the survivor's life, like a parent or a friend or someone who notices that like, you used to be this super bubbly fun person and now you're not like what's happening. And so then you're like, well, you know, nothing, everything's wonderful. Like we have this great life, like, oh, but I just need to work on these things about myself. And oh no, he's great. He's wonderful. And it's more of this defense mechanism. You're kind of gaslit or brainwashed by some of the things that have been said. And so you do start kind of 
taking on um, the comments and, and the emotional abuse is like, oh, this is who I am. And so then you do defend the aggressor to other people if questions or concerns come up. And you're too scared maybe subconsciously because you don't want to go down this path because then you know major changes in life are coming up and maybe you have young kids and you're married and so you have to pretend even to yourself that it's you that everything's fine that no big deal because it's too painful to think about all the change and getting divorced and uprooting your life and doing that to your kids so just be Mm -hmm. honest with yourself because it's so much healthier to be honest with yourself. I'm not saying you'll end up divorced, but you could address the emotional abuse. That's right. It's about setting boundaries, right? Um, and, and being able to stand up for yourself and say, again, it's that situation where someone says something ugly to you kind of one off and you stand up and say, hey, that's not okay. And they say, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. I should have never said that versus somebody saying really ugly things to you, you trying to set a boundary and then them being like, well, this isn't my problem. This is yours. Like you're the one who started this. And this is how, you know, this is how this played out. And, you know, this, this is how you showed up and just really not accepting any, um, the aggressor, not accepting any blame in the situation and just constantly pushing it back on the survivor. All right. So you just started going to my next question. (laughs) What action can you take? And I think one of the first things you can do, like I want my listeners to know, Brittany and I aren't sitting here saying, if you're being emotionally abused, you need to get a divorce. But you need to address the behavior with your spouse and speak up. And Mm -hmm. Brittany just said, maybe the person's going to say, no, you're to blame and blah, 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 and become all defensive. Well, then you know you have a problem and you may need to go to couples counseling or you may need to get divorced. But you also might have a guy like Brittany said, who might say, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing that. I'm going to work on that. Oh, isn't that like music to your ears? That's so, and that does happen. I truly believe it because men and women who want a relationship to work are going to be more uh, self-introspective, have more self-awareness because they don't, want to lose the relationship so they're really willing to look at themselves right well and one thing that I always talk to my clients about especially around boundaries is that like it's human nature to want to push boundaries and if I don't know I give the kind of benign example that if I show up 10 minutes late to one of my therapy sessions and the person doesn't care now mind you this isn't me I I'm (laughs) very mindful of time but like a lot in a lot of cases, like if I show up 10 minutes late and they don't care, like, oh, it's no big deal, not a, and there's no boundary set, then I mean, just keep pushing that boundary because where is that boundary? I don't know, and it's fine, right? Um, but when people set boundaries, like, hey, it's not okay that you showed up late, then you're not going to do that again. Um, and so sometimes I'm definitely not saying it's ever a survivor's fault. Um, people shouldn't treat other people in, in crappy ways or say ugly things to each other, but there is this sense of, it, what happens if you set a boundary, right? What happens if you do that work within yourself to learn why you're not setting those boundaries and then start doing it um, and give someone an opportunity to, to hear that. So we're talking, talk to your spouse, go to therapy, mm-hmm. go to therapy. These are all actions you can take. And then the last one you wrote here, Brittany, is 
call the domestic violence hotline if you feel that your abuser, if it's getting out of control and you feel like it might turn into something that's causing you danger. That's right. Because their emotional abuse, psychological abuse can um, escalate to physical abuse. It, it can. It's not uncommon. Um, but if you can set those boundaries early, if you can start talking about those things earlier, um, if you can seek help earlier, like whether that's from a professional or from one of the, you know, the um, intimate violence organizations, and even just bounce ideas around and ask, like, is this emotional abuse? Um, then maybe you can get some clarity and stop things before they escalate. But it does happen if people continue to let this happen where they're being abused emotionally or psychologically, um, then it can escalate. Well, pushing boundaries and keep pushing. That's exactly right. We're almost out of time, but I do have one more question because I want to end this on a positive note. Do victims of emotional abuse heal? Is it possible? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, like 100% possible. Um, the one thing that I, that I want to say is that like you don't ever get over over it right like I, I don't love this saying forgive and forget and I don't even think you really have to have forgiveness from the other uh, for the other person to heal but I think to heal like we therapy is always great but I'm um, figuring out you know how do you deal with the grief how do you deal with the loss how do you deal with I mean and there's all kinds of losses whenever you're thinking about <laughs> abuse like whether it's like feeling a loss of yourself or who you used to be or whatever but how do you take that grief that loss um, find acceptance with it and learn how to integrate it into a newer, better version of yourself. And like, again, that's resiliency, right? Like, how do I take this and learn from it and grow from it? Oh, Brittany, thank you so much for taking time to do this. This is all such wonderful information. Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate it. The opportunity. This is a big topic and it's an important one. And if you want to learn more about Brittany or call her up for a consultation or make an appointment, you can find her at nixbakerwellness.com. And Nix is N-I-X, nixbakerwellness.com. Or you can find her in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. And if you want to find other trusted vetted divorce professionals or read articles, listen to more podcasts, download my mobile app, or sign up for my free consult, come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you real soon.